Hey, big boxers. Welcome to On The Shelf, a program that is dedicated to helping you get your products into a major big box retailer. Hey, everybody. Tim here. Hope you are all having a fantastic week. Don't know exactly when this episode is going to air, but it doesn't matter. You're still in the middle of the week, something, and you're doing something. And uh, I hope that it's going well. I hope that you're reaching out to buyers and that you're having success. I hope that you're going to trade shows and you are being bold. I hope that you are attending ECRM sessions and that you are meeting face-to-face with buyers over the course of a couple days. The year, people, is coming to a close. I can't really believe it, but we're into or almost into the fourth quarter, right? October 1st, fourth quarter starts, and then it's a rush or race to the finish. How are you guys going to finish this year? Did you achieve the things that you wanted to achieve? Did you get your products into a major retailer? Did you get it on the shelf of any retailer? How did that go? If you want to discuss that with me, if you want to take an hour and talk about what went on this year and what your hopes and dreams are for next year, then let's do it. You can email me at tim at tlbconsulting.com or you can email me at tim at ontheshelfnow.com and we will schedule a year-end follow-up and a year-ahead strategy planning session. I do this every year. I only have about 14 slots that I can fill based on my schedule. So if you're interested in that, please reach out and let's get that scheduled and um, get that into the fourth quarter. It's super important, I think, to take a look back at what you accomplished and really what you thought you were going to accomplish this year. And maybe what are the things that derailed you? And what can we really do about those in the next year coming up? And then also take a look at what are your goals and aspirations for this coming year? And how can we make sure that those things come to fruition? I look forward to this time every single year because it's probably one of the most important things I do for myself. I go away every year for a couple days, just me. And I really take a look back at the year. What were the good things? What were the bad things? Where did I really excel? And where did I fall short? I take a look at the relevancy of my business and will it be relevant this coming year? What are the major changes I want to make? And how am I going to affect the most people possible in this coming year so that they can move forward on their dreams? So it's something I do myself. I would love to do it with you. If you're interested, like I said, reach out. Tim at tobconsulting.com, Tim at ontheshelfnow.com, and uh, we'll chat. Now, why can't you go to the website and just uh, arrange it? The website's down right now. And I say that, and I'm excited because the website is getting an overhaul. It's not even really getting an overhaul, big boxers. It's really just getting thrown in the trash and rising from the ashes is the new TLB Consulting. And this new TLB Consulting is going to be a hub. It's going to be the hub for everything TLB and everything about getting your products on the shelf. So whether you want consulting or coaching, or you want an outsourced salesperson, you want to get involved in a mastermind, you want to attend a masterclass, you want some mini courses, you want to listen to the podcast, you want to read through the different episodes. Everything that we do, everything that we're putting together about getting your products into retail is going to be housed in one place, people. It's going to be, oh, epic. And I can't wait. It's been a long time coming. Like I said on a previous podcast, actually, that podcast hasn't even aired yet. But uh, like I said before, and you haven't heard it, 
it's been a long time and I really haven't been able to trust anybody to kind of this vision. And I finally found somebody and I'm, I'm glad that it's underway. So I'm going to be happy to uh, reveal it to you when it's ready. And uh, we can set off on a new journey together. All right, so um, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, today's going to be a little bit different. Okay, today's not going to be as much about getting your products into retail. It's going <laughs> to, it's probably not going to be that at all. I'm going to go through some travel rules that I have. And uh, I wrote these down. I, I used to write on this blog called airportnotes.blogspot.com. If you go there, you're going to find this article and maybe a couple others. I really didn't write that much. It, it kind of fizzled out for me. But the things that I did write, I really enjoyed. And the people that read it enjoy it. And there's this one uh, blog about travel rules. These are the rules that I came up with for travel. I'm going to share these rules with you. If you travel as much as I do, I guarantee you these rules will make sense. And if you have an issue in air travel, it will relate back to one of these rules. But before we get into that, because that's just a little bit more fun. It's not like I said, the normal podcast. It's um, kind of a departure, but we're just going to have a little bit of fun with it. But before we do that, let's do a little bit of business. All right. So I put on the closed Facebook group on the shelf now. If you haven't joined that, please go out and join that now. And uh, on a couple other groups that, I, that um, I'm involved with, a two-week period of time, I was going to be in a place where I was going to be interacting with hundreds of buyers. And I put it out there, hey, what do you want to know? What are the, your, the burning questions that you're having? And I post these questions that people posted uh, to the buyers that I was sitting down with. And I just wanted to share a couple of the answers. A lot of it was pretty common, the questions that people want to know. And uh, the answers were pretty synergistic, I think. But let's just go through them a little bit. And so, because I wanted to get these out there, I'm sure you have some of these same questions. Question number one, is there anything that I can say in my email or my interaction with a buyer that's going to get me an immediate yes? No, there's nothing that you can say. Uh, well, unless your name is George Clooney or you know some major celebrity. And even then, I don't think there's anything that you're going to be able to say that will get you an immediate yes. And if that's what you're after, I think that you need to reevaluate your expectations because that is not what interactions with buyers are all about. Man, it would be great if we could sit down with a buyer and they would say, you know what, Tim, I dig this product. I want to carry this product. I'm going to write you a PO for this product right now. Let's put it in all stores. Let's do this right now. Yeah, that would be amazing. But it's, again, a little bit unrealistic. So in contrast to that question, somebody said, is there anything that you can say in a buyer meeting that will get you an immediate no? And sometimes the immediate no that you get is just zero response. Okay, so you don't have to get an actual no to get a no. It could just be radio silence. And the answer to that is yes. And here are a couple of things that the buyer said. You're going to probably get an immediate no if you send attachments that are over five megabytes. A lot of times those don't even get through to the buyer. You're probably going to get an immediate no or no response if you send them a buyer deck that's more than 20 pages without any real reason for it to be. Okay, so if you're sending these big, massive emails with big, massive attachments, you're probably going to get radio silence. If your email is too long and too confusing 
and you try to actually sell your product start to finish in the email, they're probably going to hit the delete button. Okay, remember, emails are for creating interest, not actually selling your product. And I guess in... So there's two more that buyers talked about. And this, like I said, you know, I talked to a lot of people, but I kind of try to condense it down. One was being too aggressive. You're going to probably get an immediate no if you're trying to call the buyer every single day and you start to badger them. That's not going to work out for them. You're probably going to get an immediate no. Ooh, excuse me. And then also in an actual face-to-face meeting, if you're up and you're too aggressive and you're just, man, it, it, you know, adrenaline is just coursing through your veins, a lot of times that's going to get you an immediate no. And they're not going to say, hey, Tim, no. They're just going to be like, yeah, hey, yeah, thanks for coming. And then they're going to leave and you're never going to hear from them again. So tone it down. Okay, remember, be respectful, be re- professional. Talk about the things that you know they want to know, not the things that you want to tell them, but the things that you think about your product that they're really going to want to know. All right. All right. So the last question that somebody asked, or at least the ones I'm going to talk about on this podcast was about packaging. And her question was, is there anything that you can do about packaging that's going to really make the retailer more excited, less excited, and really make a difference? And the answer is yes and no. Okay. Understanding that if you really nail the packaging, if you've really crushed it, they're going to like that. But that's not enough for them to say yes, just because your packaging is amazing. And conversely, if you've really not done a a good job of the packaging, but they love the product, that in of itself is not going to get you disqualified. Most likely, they're going to, once they know that they like the product, they're going to give you some questions. Hey, why don't you do this? We'd like to see it like this. We'd like to see some flexibility here. Overwhelmingly, buyers want flexibility in their packaging. They want to be able to merchandise it several different ways, depending on what fixtures they're using or where they might be moving it to. If your product only does one thing, one way, and can only be set one place, it's going to get less attention than packaging that is a little bit more flexible. And the reason is, that goes back to what it is they want. When you create your packaging, not when you create it for you and not for the retailer, then you're not doing it with them in mind. You're doing what you want to do. If you're thinking about, hey, if I was a merchandise manager on a floor, what would I really want in my packaging? And you go to a retailer and you look at all the different ways that they can merchandise. You know, can you sit it on a shelf? Can you put it on a peg? Will it hang on a on a clip strip? All these different things. So be flexible in your packaging and think about what the retailer might want. Make sense? All right. If you have other questions, other things that you want to understand from buyers, I'm talking to buyers all the time. And uh, I'm willing to take your questions and get those answered. And then we'll cover those here on the podcast. All right. Let's get in to some travel rules. Okay. And I'm going to PG version this. If you want to read and see some of the uh, original text in here, you can go to airportnotes.blogspot.com and read the original. But I don't want to have to classify this podcast as illicit so or explicit. Uh, so I'm going to keep it as clean as I can. But rule one. And these are all things that I've personally dealt with enough that I had to write them down on a piece of paper to say, listen, people, if you're going to travel, if you're going to do air travel, let's have some common courtesy. How about that? All right. Rule number one, don't travel sick. Okay. Don't travel sick. If you're sick, you have open sores, you have a runny nose or a horrible cough. Don't travel, people. Stay at home. No one wants to sit next to somebody who's wiping their nose on everything while coughing up a lung. Nobody wants to do that. I sat next to a guy when I came back from Cancun. I kid you not. 
He had sores on his arm and he was picking at his sores the entire time. That's just as gross as it gets. And the plane flight, even if it would have just been 10 minutes, would have been too long. Okay, don't travel sick if you don't have to. And if you do have to, take something. DayQuil, whatever. Take something so that you're not just coughing and wheezing on, on everybody. And I know if you travel and you've been on air travel, you've sat next to somebody or been next to somebody that's just not well. Hey, big boxers. Just a quick announcement from TLB Consulting. Are you looking to scale your business this year? Are you looking to get your products on the shelf of a retailer this year? Well, guess what? Booking a coaching call with me has never been easier. I know based on the past 10 years of working with clients that it can be difficult to be a solopreneur. It can be difficult to scale your business into territory that you've never been to. That's why I have opened up more slots this year than I've ever done before. One of my goals this year is to work with more clients, more solopreneurs, more big boxers looking to get their products into retail than ever before. I want to work directly with you and share my experiences over the last 25 years of getting products into retail. I want to share those experiences with you. I want to talk to you from a place of somebody who's been there and I want to help you get to where I've gone. Like I said, it's never been easier. All you have to do is go to tlbconsulting.com, click on consulting, and then choose the time or the bundle that you want and get it scheduled. Let's kick off 2020 with a bang. Let's get you the information that you need. I'm looking forward to meeting you. Number two, okay, no farting. Okay. Stop farting on the airplane, all right? You know, hold off on the beer nuts, the peanuts, the McDonald's until you get where you're going, okay? Don't load yourself up on stuff that's going to give you bloating and gas once you get on the airplane. Nobody wants to smell that. Nobody wants to be stuck in a confined space with no real filtration and start smelling that, okay? Just don't do it. Don't do it. Number three. Don't overload. If you can't check it, carry it, roll it, manage it, or stow it, don't bring it. And you know what I'm talking about. You know about these people that are coming down the aisles and they just have absolutely everything in their arms. They got a bag, they got a this, they got a that, they got a backpack, they got a stroller, they have a car seat. I mean, listen, pare it down. Don't be afraid to check some stuff. I know it costs $25, but listen, you don't have to bring it all on the airplane. And if you can't manage it on your own, if you can't get it into the bin on your own, if you can't roll it, if it doesn't fit down the aisle, then check it. Okay? Check it. Don't bring stuff on the plane that you can't manage. All right. Number four, follow the rules. All right. This is not rocket science. If you're rich, poor, famous, infamous, average, or just trying to go somewhere, the rules people do apply to you. There's not this just place where you don't have to put your seatbelt on or you don't have to put your phone in airplane mode or you don't have to hang up your phone even after the door is closed. You're not special in that way. Flight attendants jobs people are hard enough. Don't make them ask you twice to do something. 
All right. Let's see where we at. Uh, number five, be on time. Don't throw everyone into a panic because you can't manage your time. Now, I get it. You know, right now, flights are delayed. Those things happen. But I know that you know what I'm talking about, right? You're in line at TSA and there's somebody that's tapping you on the shoulder saying, come on, man, my flight leaves in 30 minutes. Can I just bypass you? And of course, I always let people go by me. I don't have a problem with that. But inside, I'm thinking, come on. You know, I know, you know, I'm gonna, I can put myself in your shoes and think, hey, a million things might have happened. I get that. But do your best to be on time. I'm always trying to get to the airport minimum two hours ahead of my flight. I'd rather sit, have a little drink, do some email, and uh, um, rather than be rushing. Does that mean I've never had to rush at the airport? Totally. I've had, I've had to rush, you know, situations uh, out of my control, traffic, traffic jams, uh, accidents, all those kind of things. But in, by and large, be on time. All right, rule number six. Uh, this one to me is the same as those people that uh, walk down the center of the parking lot. You know who I'm talking about, right? You're pulling into a parking lot. You're looking for a parking space. People are going to their car, but they're not on one side or the other. They're just walking down the middle. I'm like, come on, people go to one side or the other. You're not a car. So this one kind of is like that for me. And uh, it makes me feel the same way when it happens. And it's backpacks and large purses. Okay. Take your backpack off your shoulder before heading down the airplane aisle. Otherwise, you know what's going to happen. You're going to smack everybody on that side on your way down. Everybody that's in an aisle seat is going to get a bite of your backpack or your big purse. Or put a square on. Put both, uh, you know, put the backpack on both shoulders. But when you do that and you're about ready to get into your seat and you swing around, your backpack's going to hit somebody. Just understand that. Know that. Be ready for that. If you fly like I do, you know, because you and you sit on the aisle, you know people are hitting you with their stuff. So don't do it. Understand that there's more people, there's people around you. Okay. This is one that I can't read the way I wrote it. But, you know, if you're standing in the aisle and you drop something, do not bend over to pick it up. Okay. You got to use your legs, people. Squat down because the second you bend at the waist, you know what I'm saying? Your behind is going to be in somebody's face. And I have had behind in my face for multiple seconds at a time, just moving around while they try to pick this thing off the, off the ground. It's not a comfortable place to be. It's not. And so if you're in the aisle and you drop something, bend at the knees, bend at the knees. I know you're smiling right now because I know that you know what I'm talking about. All right. Uh, rule number eight, seat recline. Now, this has gotten a lot better. This has really gotten a lot better. People are a little bit more respectful and they don't just jack their seats back. But understand, the rule here is recline your chair the amount that you're comfortable with the person in front of you reclining theirs. If you're okay with the hair of the guy in front of you, like two inches from your teeth, then yeah, go ahead, jack your chair back. But by and large, I don't see many people putting their chairs back like they used to. And if they do, I'm pretty sure that they're a one-time flyer, they're going on vacation. You know, hey, the recline's there for a reason. I should be able to recline. They don't generally see that there literally is just a couple of inches from the back of their chair, you know, to my chest. And so just understand that there's people behind you. Understand that there's people in front of you. Okay. Which kind of leads us to rule number nine, seat leverage, seat leverage. You know, those people, they're getting out of the seat. They can't stand up. So they grab a hold of your seat and pull it back so that they can basically pull themselves out of your seat, out of their seat. There's somebody in that seat that's just like getting jostled around. Maybe they were, they were sleeping and now you've just jostled them around and woke them up. Figure out how to get out of your seat without grabbing onto the seat behind, uh, ahead of you. Okay. There's people in there. There's somebody in that seat. 
Whew. All right. We're getting there. Rule number 10, pee before you get on board, people. Okay. I don't understand. I don't get the whole thing about getting on board. You're in your seat for two seconds and then people have to jump up and go to the restroom. Or you're like, you're barely in the air. You're still at that radical incline and people are heading to the bathroom. Just go, go pee before you get on. Just go pee before you get on the, on the plane. Okay. And if you don't have enough time, right? If you don't have enough time to go pee before you get to on the plane, then refer back to rule number five, be on time. All right, guys, rule number 11. And this doesn't happen as much as it used to, but don't be a hater. Okay. Hey, I fly a lot. I have good status on American. So a lot of times I'm in first class. Don't hate me because of that. Okay. I'd rather be at home with my family. I'd rather be at home all the times that I'm flying. Don't be, don't be one of those people that are hating on those people that uh, are priority and they get to get on first. Those people earn that. Okay. And they earned it by being away from their families. They earned it by being on the road. I haven't ever talked to any really traveling person that wouldn't rather be at home. They don't pick it, choose it. It's just part of their job. It's what they're good at. So that's what they do. But I'm away a lot and I would rather be at home. So don't hate on those people that are in first class. Just because you're not in first class, just uh, understand that they've uh, earned that space and uh, they travel a lot. All right. Rule number 12, people, come on. Don't press the flight attendant button. Listen, don't ever press this button unless you're dying. The flight attendants are primarily there for your safety, not for you to press and say, hey, I need this or I need that or can you do this or can you do that? Don't press the flight attendant button unless, like I said, you're dying. Rule number 13, babies. Babies. Come on, read some books. People understand what you need to do for your baby on the plane. If your baby is screaming bloody murder, it's not because they're scared or upset or they haven't eaten. It's their ears. Their ears are hurting. So they need to suck on something. They need to suck on a bottle. They need to be drinking on the way up and they need to be drinking on the way down. So if you have a small infant, don't get on that plane without two bottles for them. One for on the way up and one for on the way down. That's why they're screaming. And if they're screaming bloody murder because they need to move around, Get up, walk up and down the aisle with them. Okay, don't think that they're just going to calm down because you're just sitting there and you're like bouncing them on your lap and you're patting them on the back. That's not helping. That doesn't help a child that needs to move around. They want to see some things. It's a four-hour flight or a five, six-hour flight, whatever it is. Get up, move around. Have something for them to do, okay? And by the way, have something for them to do more than just games on an iPad. Okay, understanding that iPads are not creative play. iPads are structured play. Just smartphones in general are structured play. Kids will get tired of that in a heartbeat. Okay. Things like little bits of Legos or little building blocks or, or cars or stuff that they can, this creative play, stuff they can make up in their own mind. Okay. What they're doing. That's what keeps them engaged for hours. Just a tip for you. Right. Rule number 14 the seatbelt sign. When the seatbelt sign is illuminated, this is not a signal to immediately get to your feet and stretch. Do you ever see that? For some reason, when, people, when the, when the seatbelt sign goes on, people are like panic, like, oh, I may have to go to the bathroom before the seatbelt sign comes off. I'm just going to go right now. Okay. And listen, if you can't figure that out when the seatbelt sign goes on, then I'm going to have to refer you back to rule number four, follow the rules. Okay. When the seatbelt sign is on, that means you stay in your seat. Not, it's not a signal for a race. All right. Rule number 15, armrests. Listen. I know the center aisle sucks, but you only get one armrest. You, you got to buckle your shoulders in, pull them in. No one wants to feel like your arm may eventually fall over onto your side. I know this better than anybody. I don't know why 
but I'm a bigger guy, you know, six one, you know, I have broad shoulders. It's always like three guys the same size as me that are sitting in the in the same aisle. And then you look over and there's these like super petite people in the aisle next to you. I don't understand how that happens, but we gotta buckle those arms in. We gotta collapse them like little chicken wings. All right. And then number 15 came from an incident I had in the security TSA security line. And uh, I'm not going to read. You can read that incident in the blog if you want to go there. But it spawned this particular rule. And the rule is it's not all about you. All right. Stop acting like Tom Hanks and Castaway. You're not alone on a desert island by yourself. You're traveling with hundreds of other people and need to act accordingly. Keep your head up and acknowledge those around you. If you simply cannot seem to follow the rules, again, what rule do you refer back to? Number four, so you can follow the rules. All right, guys, that's my rules for air travel. And uh, like I said, it's a little bit more animated if you read through it in on the blog. I couldn't get into uh, a lot of the words that were more descriptive here on the podcast. But if you're traveling, I want you to keep these rules in mind. I want you to think about these rules. I want you to watch the people around you. And then when you see somebody violating one of these rules, I want you to reach out to us on Facebook and say, hey, I saw somebody doing rule number four. I saw somebody doing rule number nine. It'll actually be fun for you because these rules are what people are constantly not getting. And and one of the ones that I see most of all is the people that just have too much stuff. They're just trying to bring too much stuff or they can't lift it. They can't handle it. They can't roll it. And a lot of times they have these bags that won't actually roll down the center aisle. And so they have to pick them up and they're just banging them back and forth on every chair that they go down. And they just look miserable. Okay, take a look at what you're bringing around with you and, and you know act appropriately. If you have to check it, just check it and deal with that. So, hey, I hope you enjoyed the rules. I know it was a little bit of a departure from what we normally talk about. But like I said, I fly a lot and I see a lot. And uh, I'm going to start commenting more and more on the things that I see while I'm traveling because it's just, I don't know, hysterical. Listen, I appreciate all of you. And uh, I hope, um, you, like I said, you guys are doing well. Please reach out to us on Facebook, On The Shelf Now, Facebook closed group, On The Shelf Now page. Reach out to us on Twitter, On The Shelf Now. You can go to our website, ontheshelfnow.com. Are you getting that theme? Come and talk to us. We want to hear what you have to say. Listen, look forward to talking to you again. Until next time, I look forward to seeing your products on the shelf. Mm -hmm.